I talked to students yesterday about substitute teachers. You're going to want to know what they said. Let's do it. Episode 9, Substitute Teachers Lounge. Yesterday was Friday, August 16th, and it was my first day this year, 2019, for substitute teaching. Now, you'll have to remember, I finished my last year as a sixth grade math teacher for nine weeks. So, while I love that, I love getting close to those kids for nine weeks, I was also kind of looking forward to getting back to one day at a time type situations. And I didn't really know how busy my August would be. I started last November substitute teaching and taught most of the time through the end of the school year, but I wasn't sure how August would be, how many days I would have, because, you know, you would think teachers would be in their classrooms for August because they were new to the students this year as well. So it turns out I actually had three of the first four days scheduled for substitute teaching. And I'll have to be honest, it was days three and four. I have another day on Monday for a middle school class. And I'll have to admit, the first two days the kids went back to school that I and I didn't have a substitute teaching spot available. It drove me crazy knowing that the kids were in school and I wasn't there too. So I really miss doing that. I know that you guys did too, uh, but I was happy to have two of the first three days. It's funny, at the end of the day yesterday, the office actually asked me at the high school, uh, are you available on Monday? So had I not had the middle school job on Monday, I would have had a job back at the high school. So the absenteeism is already starting. In both cases, in my situation, it was for training, jury duty, those types of things. So I didn't see a whole lot of sickness yet, but you just never know. I didn't run into a whole whole lot of other substitutes either, but it's August. I hope you got a lot of substitute gigs going already, and I think this will be a good episode because I had time to speak to those students yesterday about substitute teachers. But before I get into all that, let me once again thank Miss Sheffield from last week's episode, episode 8. Uh, She was great, and I have a feeling you guys thought so too because there was that was the fastest uh, you listened to the podcast of any episode I've released. It is now second in overall listens of any episode I release. So I, I get what you're saying. You would rather hear somebody else talk than me. So we'll set up additional interviews. I already have interviews set up with about eight students. I have interviews set up with about three more substitutes and a couple of full-time teachers as well. So we will definitely get that going as soon as possible. Everybody's busy now. Some of these uh, students and teachers I actually see on the volleyball court too. I'm an official for volleyball and that is starting this next week. So we're all going to be busy. So trying to catch up with people. I actually had the pipe dream of of interviewing live uh, in certain situations, but I don't think that's going to work very well because we're all busy and we all have a difficult time finding a few minutes, even to just sit at the home and uh, ha- conduct an interview across our computer. So that's probably what I'll be doing. But again, thanks to Miss Sheffield for last for sitting in with us on last week's episode. 
Last year, I probably substitute uh, for high school students maybe a dozen times. I still think my preferred uh, level is middle school. I'm going to open myself up to a little bit of elementary school this year. Uh, I hope to be able to teach at that level, especially maybe fourth and fifth grade. I'm not sure how good a teacher I would be for anything younger than that. But middle school is my favorite. But yesterday was high school, and it was a perfect situation. It ended up by the end of the day, I had decided it was my favorite day of high school substitute teaching I've ever had. It was for an agriculture teacher. And the reason he was gone, it you know, we're, we live in the state of Kentucky. We have horse farms, and you'll see cows on the rolling fields everywhere you look. So that's the kind of situation we have in Kentucky. In regard to that, then, we have a state fair every year. It is in Louisville. And at the state fair, there is actually a section for agriculture, both livestock and plant life, so to speak. So that's very popular in the state of Kentucky. So that's where he was. That's where the substitute teacher was. Now, I don't know if you have ever substituted for a class like agriculture, and I should have figured this out, but as I got in there, I realized that every single class until the end of the day was a discipline of agriculture. We started out with uh, horti- or not horticulture, but greenhouse, and then we had landscaping, and we had equine studies, studies of horses, and then we had business aspect of agriculture. And then we ended the day with freshmen, and I'll talk about that too, because they were into introduction to agriculture. It's really kind of funny, as I asked those students why they took agriculture classes, there were some in there that were interested, but in most cases, it was the fact that they waited too late to get their schedule in. So they had to take that class to fill in their schedule. So that was kind of comical, but we... At every level, at every one of those disciplines that I talked about, I had some of all four class levels in there, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors. So it was kind of an interesting way to start, as you may expect. I got more talk from the juniors and seniors than I did anyone, uh, but they it was a very good class. Everybody was very well behaved. There was some loud talkers in there, but but that was okay. I could get used to that. We I had you know it was kind of one of my favorite setups. The information that the teacher left for each class took about thirty minutes, and whether you like that or not, I like that. It gave me about twenty five thirty minutes of my own time. I lo- I used part of it selfishly about this podcast. I used part of it to debate based on my feel for the type of students that were in the class at the time. All of that went real, real well. I will tell you, while I was debating, I uh, our room was pretty warm, so we kept the door open most of the day. But when we were debating, I pushed the door shut, and I made the comment, let me close the door in case we want to say some things that we don't want anybody in the hallway to hear. Now, we really didn't say anything like that. But I think that let those students know that I was willing to listen to what they had to say. So it kind of loosened things up. They kind of laughed when I did it. And then we went on to debate topics such as health insurance. We talked about whether their parents should have the right to trace them and track them everywhere they go. That was a lot of fun. 
It's kind of funny. I did some different methods for the various different classes, just the way that I sized them up as we started and got into about 10 or 15 minutes. Some of the a uh, couple of the classes, I ended up doing a Kahoot on agriculture that I had found, so they competed a little bit in that way. I could tell some of the more talkative classes from a productive standpoint. They were the ones I chose to debate a little bit. Uh, the class that I ran into, which happened to be the class on the business side of agriculture, which I kind of assumed would be some of the ones that actually wanted to use agriculture as a career path. And some of them did. Some of them were FFA members and officers. So that's Future Farmers of America. If those of you in states that don't have that club, if you don't know that, it's F Future Farmers of America. In that case, that was the one where I actually had them talk about substitute teachers when we had the time. Because I figured those were the ones that had some things thought out, and we had a really good discussion that I want to share with you today. Some of their answers were kind of surprising to me. The icebreaker that I used to kind of loosen them up and get them to talk a little bit was to tell them that I had twins, or I have twin sons that are both married. They're 29, and they both, their families, uh, are going are both expecting and they're going to have children next year in February within just a couple of weeks of each other. So I joke, you know, their timing has been exactly the same and everything they've done their whole life. So that loosened them up a little bit. Uh, they they began talking to me and I thought that was a good class to then go into our discussion about substitute teachers. So one of the first things I asked them was. What makes your favorite substitute teachers your favorite substitute teachers? And one of them used the word accommodating. They came. They said they like the teachers that come in and don't start insisting that it's my way or the highway, even though that might be the case. If, if they come in insisting on that, it kind of turns them off from the very beginning. They like the substitute teachers that will come in and joke around with them. They also said, and I think this is a good point for us to take, they didn't like the teachers as much that just came in and occupied the chair behind the desk and basically didn't say anything to them the whole time. And, you know, to be honest, I'm exactly the opposite. I can't sit still in that classroom. I walk around the whole time. I'm actually, to a degree, interrupting them when they're getting their work done. But I think that keeps the workflow actually going well. They all finish their work with plenty of time left for us to have this discussion. So they use the word accommodating, and that was the first question I had asked them. I then asked them, have substitute teachers ever made you feel disrespected and why? And they were very open in telling me that the teachers that would come in and it was obvious they were looking down on them. Keep in mind, I had some seniors, juniors and seniors in the class. And let's face it, you know, if especially at that level, we have to consider them adults. And that was basically their comment. The teachers and the substitute teachers they liked the best were the ones that come in and treated them like, they were important and that they had important things to say as well. So I think that is a really good lesson for us, you know, to go in and, and 
teach those children that we're actually there for them, not the other way around. We're there to make sure the channels are open for them to express their views, for them to share their opinions, and let's all get the work done together. I'm here to assist you in doing that. So those were the kind of substitute teachers they liked as opposed to the ones that basically just sat in a chair and didn't pay them much attention as the class progressed. So I thought that was a very interesting answer. By the way, most of the talking came from the juniors and seniors. When I talked a little bit about the podcast in the freshman class, they didn't seem to have much interest. Uh, They actually (laughs) acted like they didn't really know what a podcast was. The juniors and seniors, I could tell that they actually had listened to podcasts. Uh, They seemed very interested that we had a podcast on substitute teaching. They asked me even what platforms they were on. So they were very much in tune about what a podcast is. But I really liked their answers. I had also asked them, I didn't want classes just to be fun, but I wanted them to be fun for a reason. So I asked them what traits of their past substitute teachers had helped them love uh, learn more. And they actually said they liked the very easygoing teachers. They knew from the beginning if the teacher uh, came in and immediately started acting gruff and yelling at them that they weren't going to have a good day. But they they said, you know, when teachers come in and joke around with them and, and talk to them as if they're friends, I mean, I usually tell them about that I know that someday some of them are going to be smarter than me if they're not already smarter than me. So I want them to know that I'm there for them. And they said they like the easygoing teachers. They like the ones that don't hesitate to walk around to their desk, look at their papers, make suggestions, all those kind of things, and laugh with them if something comes up that's funny while they're doing their work. Uh, They really like those kind of teachers. They also like the teachers, as I think I've already said once, that treat them as grown-ups. They want to be treated as you know, I wouldn't call it equal, but they want to want you to acknowledge that you respect them until they get until they give you a reason not to. You trust them until they give you a, not, a reason not to trust them. And we are, we're all in this to learn together. I always tell them that I expect to learn while I'm in the class too. And believe me, when I'm teaching an agriculture class, I really learned. They were basically doing a project to be about recyclables. So. We all learned together about what that was, and they they were very receptive uh, to thoughts I had. I was I showed my being receptive to thoughts that they have, and I think that was very important to them. The next question I asked them, I think, was one of the more eye-opening questions that I had on my list. I wasn't sure what students would say when I asked them, "Do you ever talk to your regular teachers?" about your substitute teachers and what do you say what kind of conversations do you have and of course the reason I was asking them this is obviously the teachers are going to ask for substitutes to come back if they were the ones that the children really seemed to hit it off with. And I thought maybe they would say things like we thought that substitute teacher was really fun which really, when you get down to it, has nothing to do with learning whether they're fun or not. Fun is part of it, but 
the answer that I got most of the time is that was that the teachers would ask them, were the substitutes good at making sure that you got your projects done and you learned something? So they said that. I was kind of surprised. They also said that they make it a very strong case for, and of course the teacher can tell if they got their work done because the work was turned in and he can, he or she can look at that. But they also said that they always recommend substitutes that they really like the ones that worked with them. Again, the ones that considered them adults. And those are the teachers that will call you back. Those are the teachers that will move you to the top of their substitute list. So I thought that was a really great answer. There's no problem at all being fun. And I know I've said this before. I had one assistant principal that has told me, we don't care how loud your your classroom is as long as those kids are learning. And that's really what these students said. As long as the teacher can tell that we learned and that we also had fun in doing it, that's the substitute teachers that they tell the teacher that they really like. And I actually hit it off with this teacher. He was there when I got there uh, that, uh, in the morning yesterday because he hadn't left yet. And he got back in time for the buses, uh, which was at 3 o'clock. So I saw him at 8 o'clock. I saw him at 3 o'clock. Uh, they were joking around with me since I talked about my sons that they thought he looked a little bit like me. So that was kind of comical. You know, we all loosened up together, and we had some great conversations about that in regard to what teachers, what they say to their teachers about their substitute teachers. I also asked them the same question that you heard me ask Miss Sheffield last week. Fill in the blank. I wish substitute teachers were more. And the word I got from them was variations of, I wish the substitute teachers were more respectful. I hate that they've had some teachers that they felt weren't being respectful for them. The ones that they enjoy are the ones that treat them with respect, treat them like they have some important things to say. And, you know, when we were on the debate side, I treated all their opinions the same way. In fact, I've always mentioned to them, you know, some of them are getting old enough now that they're looking at careers. And when I've run across people who say they want to be lawyers, I always ask them if they could argue either side of a debate. Could they take a positive or negative side on whatever the topic was? And that's the sign of being a good debater. So we've talked about things like that. But they, you know, they they wish that substitute teachers were more respectful. I hate that that was their first response uh, because that indicates there have been a lot of teachers that they thought came in with an attitude I don't, you know, I don't like that, but that's what they, you know, that was their first impression. I did ask them briefly what made their least favorite sub their least favorite sub. And, and it was, again, it was attitude, a bad attitude about maybe a bad attitude about being there. Sometimes I think we as substitute teachers, if we're apprehensive about the type of class we're teaching, and I'm always a little apprehensive myself when I go into a high school class because they're just older kids. They're, a lot of the kids are bigger than I am. So, you know, it's, it, there's a little bit of anxiety level just in general. But again, it went great yesterday, and I always like to make sure I have a good attitude when I walk into a class like that. I then asked them a couple of uh, similar questions, and we'll, you know, these will be the last questions that we'll discuss today. 
I'll do the easy one first because it doesn't matter what age level I talk to. I've asked this question even all the way down through the middle school levels. I asked them, I think the best way for teachers and substitute uh, teachers, what's the best way to reward students? And they all pretty much said the same thing. We like chocolate. So find chocolate on sale. And then when you do something competitive or if you do something just in general that you like to just maybe throw a small piece of chocolate to one of the uh, students that did a good job about answering one of your questions, uh, that opens up the floor then. When they know you're going to give them candy, they're going to open up and start discussing things with you. And then one of the last uh, questions I asked them, I told them, I said, you know that there are occasions when students have to be disciplined for certain reasons. How would they recommend doing that? I told them that, you know, if it's if we're talking about mild discipline, you've heard me say this before, that I like to just have the students come back and sit with me a little while. It's amazing to me when you take distractions away from them, how more easily those students answer questions, how the rest of the class answers questions. So I asked them, and one of them mentioned a more relaxed form of discipline. And what, you know, I asked them to explain what they were talking about, and it went back to the voice raising. They feel like they're kind of undermined if they feel like they, they're being yelled at for no reason. We've talked about you know, if we have students that give us a hard time uh, quite often, then sometimes we look for them to be the next one to give us a hard time, and maybe we'll discipline them more quickly than we would other students who are doing the exact same things but haven't done it before. So they just like to be, you know, they understand discipline has to take place, but they also understand that there's various ways of doing that. They knew that there were some times when students would have to be written up, would have to go to the office, but they wish it was more consistent among teachers. Some teachers that if you if students do something mildly disturbing or something that mildly needs disciplining, they a lot of teachers do it completely different than others. So they were looking for consistency in that regard. They liked a discipline disciplining mildly first, and then they liked you know if if it had to be more harsh after that. They understood that you know, and I even mentioned to them, what do you think about the teachers that? They reward more than they discipline. Or in other words, they shoot for rewarding students that have good behavior with the goal that other students will come around and also change their bad behavior into good behavior. And they loved that. They thought that was a good idea. So I think that went very well. So I hope these questions were helpful to you. I sure hope I can get back to the interviews in future weeks. But I was so happy to have the opportunity to talk to these all four grade levels yesterday in high school have them tell me how they felt about substitute teachers. I hope this tells you what students like to see in substitute teachers. One of the things I think that meant most to me on all of these questions was when they said, we're not crazy about the teachers that just walk in, sit behind the desk, and 
hope that we get our work done. We like the teachers that talk to us, are active with us, joke around with us, share stories, let us share stories. And those are the type of substitute teachers that not only do we really like, but we tell our regular teachers that we like. And that moves us to the top of the substitute list. So I thought that went went real, real well when we talked about that. So that was the result of my first day of substitute teaching. Friday, August 16th, 2019 was when it happened. I'll be teaching middle school on Monday. I hope that I have jobs every day of the week. I don't wish sickness on any of the regular teachers, but at the same time, I hope that I'll be able to substitute at the various different levels. I hope it's going well with you. I read enough substitute teacher boards on Facebook and Twitter and the various different aspects, LinkedIn and that kind of thing, that I know some of you have expressed issues that have already come in your classes about how some of the students are disrespectful. I hate that that happened to you. I hope that we can improve situations. I know that all situations aren't like they are uh, in the central Kentucky area where I substitute teach. I know things might be more difficult environments to teach in. Some might be easier to teach in. So hopefully we can all share ideas and grow in this aspect together. Please, I know you've been out there substitute teaching already. Let me know how it's going so we can talk about it in the future. And in fact, I want to do a Q&A type episode here very soon. So send questions that you would like answered or send questions that you have the answer for. I would love to hear that. And you can send those to Greg Collins substitute at gmail.com and we'll get those into a future episodes. So happy substituting. I hope you've got every day full or at least the days that you want to have full and enjoy all the teaching aspects that you run into. Enjoy working with those kids. I'll see you next week on the next episode of the Substitute Teachers Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.